Hello, dear humans, and welcome back to another episode of Human Becoming. Today, I'm joined by my dear friend, uh, fellow magician, incredible artist, Camille Bacon. And we're so, so excited to get into this conversation. <laughs> There's so much that we want to speak about. Um, but I wanted to give a sense of why I invited Camille onto the show um, or onto the podcast and why I love Camille so much. Um, because we met in college, which feels like <laughs> we did. <laughs> and Camille was going to Smith and I was going to Mount Holyoke. So they were kind of like um, two, they would call it like sibling schools in rural Massachusetts. And we met in a South African history class. And I thought Camille was so cool, but I thought Camille hated me because um, Camille has like Wait. a very stern, cool presence about them. <laughs> Wait, I thought the same about you. That's really funny. <laughs> we never talked about that either. Yeah, we never talked about that. We projected stuff onto one another, and <laughs> eventually we became friends. Camille has been one of the most devoted listeners to the podcast, which has like warmed my heart so much. I feel like Camille has always just been like, "I love this episode. Mm -hmm. This was amazing," and it always warms my heart. Um, we've gotten to work together in a coaching relationship. We've gotten mm -hmm. to be in the Money Magic coming together. Mm -hmm. And now we get to be like badass magicians and artists in the world together. Um, mm -hmm. And so without further ado, I'm introducing my dear love, Camille. Uh, welcome to the show. Welcome to Human Becoming. Thank you, Tumi Tum. I'm so happy to be here. Um, as you mentioned, I feel like this podcast has been such a resource for me. It has really held my hand through moments that felt um yeah just like rife with disillusionment um i feel like human becoming has always been an anchor for me and i'm for that reason even more happy to be here ah mm. oh, it Pay makes it me forward <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> and i'm so excited for everyone to um to be able to hear and experience your genius and also your clarity of thought and like clarity of experiencing reality and being able to communicate that through your artful expression, whether that's like how you speak and how you literally communicate or through your writing and your poetry and your art. Mm -hmm. um, and so before we dive in, cause I'm gonna like, <laughs> um, I would love for you in your own words in how you're understanding yourself in this moment mm -hmm. to tell me, to tell our listeners who you are. Mm -hmm. So to me, when you asked me this question over voice note, you were like, okay, but we're not going to do the typical, like, I'm just going to give you bullet points of my bio as an answer. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been really trying to experiment with what play looks like on the page. So I wrote a couple sentences in the form of like a poem thing. So that's what I'm going to read to you. Um, I am, uh, and I, I feel like you're going to like this. <laughs> especially the first <laughs> sentence um i am a heap of blood and bones and flesh and a hefty dose of star sprinkle the glitter on the ocean's surface and the primordial rhythm of the deep mm. i am a warrior who is learning to live otherwise i'm a bearer of wings and the air that they coast on i'm a gaggle of geese exploding into the sky and the sunflower turning her head defiantly to the moon and exclaiming feed me Mm. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. I had to save all my mms to the end because I didn't want to <laughs> of that, but in my heart, I was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was is so my cool. like my pseudo intro. <laughs> <laughs> Such a beautiful way, like I, you, you nailed it in terms of like me loving that, <laughs> especially that first line. Yeah. And, <laughs> it's why I really love thinking about that question with you because I was like, oh, mm -hmm. how does Camille understand herself in this moment? Because we are so used to those like, oh, I'm this, I'm that, I'm yeah. this identity, I'm this um, role, I do this for a living, I, mm -hmm. you know, all of these things. But it's like, oh, uh, you're this beautiful conglomeration of blood and bone and stardust and mm -hmm. sinewy goodness that exactly. we get to spend time experiencing like all weave together through magic mm -hmm. exactly that's how i experience you it's like wow incredible. oh 110 percent, and likewise so intensely <laughs> <laughs> and I know, it's the like, best 
two magicians <laughs> come together to to do some movie. Exactly. And oh. I have my like ridiculously ornate teapot with me. I love it so much. I love it so much. I was just looking at that and I was like, the absolute and the, and the little teacup, the drama. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I'm curious with that, like with that question of, or thinking about how you are all these things weaved together by magic and through magic. I wonder how you've, and I think magic is so connected to artistry. I think artists yes. are magicians, even if yes. they don't call themselves magicians mm-hmm. yet. Uh, and there's such a weaving in between the world of like the spiritual and the magical and the, and the creative because mm-hmm. like God is, is the creator, the universe is the creator. Mm-hmm. But you especially have this beautiful way of dancing in between the creative and the artistic and the spiritual and the magical. Mm-hmm. And I wonder what your journey has been of arriving at that practice. Mm. It's definitely a circuitous one, and it's definitely one that I'm still trying to find language for the fullness of because it almost felt like a part of me that I did not even consciously know existed made those decisions. Um, So what I mean by that is basically I, as you mentioned, went to Smith and definitely found my academic home there but also was going through a whole litany of um, other experiences outside of the classroom that made it really difficult for me to be there. So I remember I got back to school to start what would have been my junior year. And I was in this Black Women Writers class. At that point, I was still studying medicine, but also Africana studies and had pretty much realized to a very high degree that black women writers were something that absolutely fascinated me that like it was the thing you had to like rip me away from like i just wanted to be luxuriating in that universe constantly which was perfect foreshadowing for what was to come in the next year but i was sitting in the class um it was taught by a professor named daphne lamoth who's incredible and just felt completely outside of myself completely numb like wasn't excited about what we were learning wasn't excited about the coursework and that set off an alarm bell in my mind because even as I was doing my pre-med coursework like the Africana studies stuff used to always be what allowed me to kind of actually relish in and find language for my life and the life of the people who I love in a way that felt really medicinal and really functional. And so I knew like, okay, if I'm walking into class every day and I'm actually dreading being here, there's something, something is going on that I need to address um, in a way that I haven't yet. So I called my dad and basically was like, I wanna take a year off, I need you to come pick me up. Like I, I something is wrong, I don't know what it is, but mm. we need to course correct. And I knew, intuitively I knew that if I did not make that decision, um, my life would be in danger, quite frankly. And I think when the stakes feel that urgent, like it really, really did feel like a life or death decision. Um, there's something that happens in the mind where everything stills and everything quiets. And in the exact moment that I thought, um, the anxiety voice or the voice of like being a high achiever or people pleasing or like whatever those frameworks of like no you must finish your four-year education in four years you are not allowed to take breaks you have to keep going all of those voices actually faded to the wayside which I'm super grateful for Um, I still don't know exactly what that mechanism was but it happened and it made me braver than I thought I was to make a decision like that my dad came he picked me up I went back to Chicago, where I'm from, uh, where my family still lives, where I still live, and basically um, entered like a really, really intensive therapy program. Then after that, I was supposed to go on this year, um, or not year, semester abroad to South Africa and Brazil <laughs> um, for a pre-med, yeah, for a pre-med program. And 
through a various course of events that ended up falling through and I was like okay now I have this entire semester of time on my hands I don't feel ready to go back to Smith but I also don't want to stay in Chicago I had just had my heart broken by someone who lived there like really it felt like a completely uninhabitable terrain for me like very intensely um and I was like well something I've always wanted to do is get my yoga teacher certification and I don't want to go to like you know, no shade to the folks who do do this, but I was like, if I have an option to not do this, I'm not doing this. I don't want to be taught by like some random white lady. No, like this is one of the most ancient philosophies that we know. I want to go and learn from the people who really are part of this lineage. Um, So I went to India for two months and got my yoga teacher training. Um, That also felt like a a part of me that is braver than I thought I could ever be is making this decision. And it was just Mm. that like cascade of cosmic leaps of faith. And when you make decisions like that enough times, um, I think that is actually the mechanism of how you learn to trust yourself. Um, Because you have to fill the space between the version of you that made the decision and the version of you that you feel consciously embodied as. And those, both of those decisions gave me an opportunity to do that. Then, um, fast forward to now, like, restarting my junior year. I was back in my pre-med classes, and I finished them after that first semester. So I was in Martinique, where my grandparents live, and I'm always bravest when I'm in Martinique. I feel like I've said some version of that to you before. Um, and I remember sitting under this tree that I'm fully convinced is visited by the spirit of my great-great-grandmother. I was sitting under this tree, and I also am, like, a lover of strange trees. Like, trunks that don't move vertically are really fascinating to me, and a lot of the root structures in Martinique, in the mangrove, like, they reach, and they reach over each other, and it looks like the roots are eating each other, and they're in this big, interlocked, kind of like a mycelium network, but above ground. And this is one of those trees. Um, And so I had this moment where I was like, you know, I have to be really, 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 really honest with myself right now. It's time to take the MCAT. Do I really want to be a doctor? Like, we've taken the pre-med classes, we've done the internships, we've done the, like, all the things. All the things have been checked off the list. The last one is taking this, like, infamous test. Um, Because I took a year off, I had watched my best friend study for the MCAT the summer before. And I was like, I actually, like, if I listen to what I now understand to be my desires, which I now understand is God making her will for us a parent, as we'd have discussed before. (laughs) Like, I didn't have that language then, but I knew somehow. I still knew. And I was like, I don't feel even vague levels of excitement to do this thing. And I'm not going to do this thing. I'm going to I'm going to just drop the baton in the middle of the relay race and trust that this is going to work itself out. So I wrote to myself in my journal. This is December, like late December 2020. Okay, this is like two months before the pandemic begins. Also, just for like bigger context. Timeline situating. (laughs) Yes. Um. And wrote in my journal, like, I'm going to let myself free fall and let's see where my wings end up. And uh, I think, like, two days later, of course, because we love God, we praise God. I got this email from my school's museum, from the Smith College Museum of Art, um, and it was basically promoting this exhibition called Black Refractions. And very superficially based on the promotional material, which was a painting by Barclay Hendricks that depicts um, a black woman with an afro and a Byzantine frame. Um, I just, I really liked the painting. Something, Something woke up in me when I saw it. And so I signed up for the tour, not knowing what to expect. Happened to be the only student who signed up for that time, showed up at the museum. The curator came downstairs and in the space of an hour, I learned what a curator was, that you can be in the art world without being a practicing artist, 
like all about the abstract expressionist movement, black artists role in the abstract expressionist music movement, what the Studio Museum in Harlem is, the fact that the director also went to Smith, the fact that like there was this whole this lineage within the like Smith College kind of like portal, but also more broadly that I could step into. Mm -hmm. I have never felt that electric in my body. Like it was so incredibly distinct, so incredibly joyous. And I scurried out of the museum, started researching and the rest is quite literally history. So that's how it happened. It was really a series of um, allowing that body inside my body that I'm not super familiar with yet to make those decisions on my behalf. Um, and I'm so, I'm still, it's still quite mystifying to me the way that it all worked out. And I think being able to live a life that instills wonder even in me feels really exciting. Cause it's wonderful when people around you are like, you're doing all these amazing things and we're so proud of you. But like when I myself am still trying to find the language to actually articulate especially the like magical internal forces that were happening that then created the like external reality around as like many of us talk about um is such a gift i want to remain a mystery to myself mm. yeah mm. yeah i'm feeling really moved by that <laughs> <sighs> yeah i'm feeling so moved by so much of what you've just shared i feel like i'm like moving around in the in the mystery with you and like mm -hmm. swirling in it with you um, there. <laughs> exactly we're there and some things that are um, like really bumping around in that mystery bubble right now are like one it's so incredible that there's so much of your story that I was not aware of that I would have had no idea that you've gone on all these <laughs> journeys like I had no idea about the medicine journey I had no idea about <laughs> yeah dude that was it <laughs> Like, and I was serious. I was like, I'm going to be a gynecologist. Like, I'm doing this. Like, it this wasn't is like a... Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it just is such a reminder for me that, like, it's such a... What I'm feeling now is this deep gratitude to receive your story and to be able to, like, hear your story in your own words, in your own language, in your own poetry, too. Mm -hmm. Like, I was really feeling the beauty of... I was visualizing those trees in Martinique, even though I've never seen them and like visualizing that like imagery of them, like looking like they're eating each other. And mm -hmm. um, I just want to say thank you for that gift, first of, of all. <laughs> of course. <laughs> thank you for so, hearing me and listening and receiving it. Yeah, it's such a gift. And I think also just something that I feel called to like share with the listeners is like we don't ask one another for our stories or each mm -hmm. other's stories yeah. as much as I think we should mm -hmm. and it's so moving when we get to hear someone else's experience reflected because like mm -hmm. I also know you to be this deeply spiritual being and this being who's mm -hmm. so connected to God and I'm so excited by that internal mechanism that we're beginning to mm -hmm. tease at that like mm -hmm. pushes you to trust and pushes mm -hmm. you to like take that leap of faith Mm -hmm. And um, for the listeners, we drew a card for today, mm -hmm. which was strength. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm reflecting on like what you're sharing and strength, strength feels like it really speaks to that internal mechanism mm -hmm. of the body within the body that we learn yeah. to trust um, mm -hmm. and to build relationship with. And mm -hmm. uh, I wonder if there's even a question in there for me. I just wanted to reflect back so much of the beauty that I'm hearing you express and like share how deeply it's moving me and how beautiful it is to see how you've navigated trusting yourself. Mm -hmm. Like that for me is actually the most beautiful thing is to see in those moments of like, I don't know. And then yeah. to see how God meets you, which yeah. is the beautiful part. Exactly. And I'm finding myself hilariously like right back there. Like yesterday, I remember when we were voice noting back and forth. I don't know if I said this, but like some version of I feel really scared today. Like life is demanding um, the next cascade of cosmic leaps of faith. And I'm also starting to understand that um, the strength that served me in that period of my life is no longer the same kind of... Um, the texture of the strength that I need right now um, 
and to start to understand that like <laughs> we are in the perpetual like tumble of the wave um like that feeling of being on the beach when you're a kid and you like actually get pulled under by the current and then it like spits you back out onto the sand and you're like heaving salt water like that's something that we will continue to do um mm-hmm. and i finally feel okay with that which is a really really beautiful thing um but i love what you were saying about we don't yeah we don't ask each other the granular details of how we arrive at the places where we arrive or how god meets us like you were saying it's like it reminds me of like you know the memes that have been going around where it's like ask your best friend what they do and like no one actually knows i think what their friends do for work like one of my friends works for paypal and i'm consistently like bro like what does that actually mean? Like, your fingers are moving on your keyboard, but I have no idea, like, <laughs> what any of this is being used for, how it works or anything. Um, and I think it goes back to, like, part of what I said in the introduction. Like, we are the glitter at the surface of the ocean, but also the primordial hum. And when you ask mm-hmm. someone, like, how did you actually arrive at this place? you get to connect the ocean glitter that you know to be in the world with that primordial hum of like what allows for um, the surface to glisten in the way that it does. So yes, this is my long way of saying yes to everything that you have <laughs> <laughs> I know, This could just be a conversation of like, yes, yes, like yes and, yes and, yes and, exactly. um, yes and into infinity. <laughs> and my favorite preposition is and for sure. So I'm here for that. <laughs> yeah, it's a wonderful one. <laughs> yeah, I wonder, I, I guess I'm curious about that internal mechanism. And Mm -hmm. I'd be curious about how you're navigating this moment that you're in now, where Mm -hmm. you know that there's, it sounds like another level of surrender. Cause all Mm -hmm. of these words are also connected, but it's like, yeah, it's a new surrender into the mystery. And I love how you said that it's not the same, Mm -hmm. you know, and maybe as we, as we get into this, we might find like what is similar about those mechanisms, mm-hmm. but it's always new. It's always a new yeah. terrain. It's always, even if it's a muscle we've like worked or stretched before, mm-hmm. we're being asked to work it or stretch it in a different way. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm curious about if, if that question feels exciting for you, how are you meeting this moment of surrender mm-hmm. and what are you finding challenging about it? And what are you finding enlivening about it? Or, mm-hmm. What are you just desperate to say about it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think um, I don't typically um, or no, there was something that you said that was so funny, like in Money Coven one day you were like, I'm on sabbatical. And I feel like I'm on that's I'm on sabbatical from worrying. Mm -hmm. I'm on sabbatical from um, the Carolyn, Miss Carolyn Elliott, like saves my life every day. I'm on sabbatical from letting my subconscious rule my life and call it fate. I'm on sabbatical from that shit. Um, I'm on sabbatical from speaking incredibly harshly to myself. Mm. I'm on sabbatical. Like, the list just like it goes on and on and on. And I think like that is the challenge. yeah that's the challenge for me right now is that I'm being asked to walk the walk more than I ever have um I'm being asked to show up for my expansion in a way that I don't feel fluent in yet and that's really scary to me as someone who is still disentangling my sense of my own value from um my capacity to do things at the highest level all the time. Mm. Um, I am in the process of launching a magazine, an arts and culture magazine called Jupiter Magazine with my friend and fellow writer, Daria Simone Harper. And we do not wish for this to be a publication that, kind of exists on the edge and then necessarily disappears. Mm. We are really, really wanting to obliterate what the current industry standard is 
for for writing in general is what we're reaching towards but for now like arts and culture is where we're going to start because both of us have our roots there both of us are arts writers um and I think to be in the same way that you understand and frame human becoming as a spirit, you know, that you study with, that you praise, that you worship. Mm. Um, Jupiter feels the same way for Daria and I. And I have Mm. never, um, up until this point in this lifetime, I have not had to face the demands of a spirit that large moving through me. Uh, with so much persistence Mm. and I'm still learning how to yeah I'm still learning how to arrange what voices I want to be giving credence to I'm still learning to recognize Jupiter's voice when it enters me um and I know we were gonna we were not gonna get heady with it but like that's really where I'm at right now is that's learning, real. I think, yeah, like learning to translate the bigness of what Daria and I know this thing is insisting it's going to be, mm. um, how I can be a responsible steward of that spirit, um, and really in the most simple terms, it's forcing me to believe in myself more deeply than I ever have. It is asking me to embody a level of confidence that is not even slightly manufactured, that radiates from, you know, that that place within, the strength card again, like that lion roar in all of us. Um, I've been working to cultivate that for several years, but now the ask feels a lot more urgent and a lot more necessary. And... I think that is like, (laughs) that's the anatomy of that internal mechanism right now, is I'm trying to get so incredibly clear around what the spirit's asking of me. And it's really, really, really glorious because I get to do it with someone who I trust in this inalienable, unwavering way. Mm. I believe so deeply in Daria. I believe so deeply in Jupiter. And holding both of those up as mirrors allows me also to catch those, yeah, refractions of sun and understand that also because of, like, transitive property, that also means I can believe in myself with the Mm -hmm. vigor that I believe in them. Um, Mm. And that I also, the other thing that's been challenging me especially over the past couple of days with like Venus going direct again and all of that um, is learning to ask for help in new ways and understanding that like you know I have my prayer practice I have my divination practice I feel really supported by my unseen guides but the code that I think Daria and I cracked yesterday we were on the phone and I was like you know I really need you to keep me in all your prayers for the next week and I've Mm -hmm. never asked someone to pray for me before um and I woke up this morning feeling incredibly lifted and I'm convinced that part of that is because this person that I so deeply care about and pray for is also praying for me Mm -hmm. um yeah that's what I have to say about that right now Mm. Mm. <laughs> <There's more soul. laughs> Once again, I'm I'm learning to be so well behaved around my um because I'm so hard. It's so hard. It's a discipline. Literally, it's a discipline. I want people to be able to just hear you uninterrupted. Um, I love here like i'm just having to show my excitement through my facial expressions that is so exciting and i just love hearing about how you're learning to be in relationship with this spirit that yeah. has come through and is saying hey i want to work with you and i love mm-hmm. how you said that like in this lifetime i have not had that big of a spirit want to move through me in body in some ways through yeah. me like birth through me it's yeah. a really intense thing and it really is oh it's my really, god <laughs> it's making me think about how like to be an artist is a 
is to be in relationship with your art, to mm-hmm. be a magician is to be in relationship with magic. But mm-hmm. both being an artist, being a magician, being a creator is about being in relationship with the spirit that's wanting to come into incarnation through mm-hmm. you, whether that's the spirit of a book, the spirit of a project, right? Yeah. Like Jupiter being this like big project that's going to shift how I'm, I, when I'm feeling it, because I'm like, ooh, especially Jupiter, like that big mm-hmm. energy. It's like exactly. one really shift culture mm-hmm. feels like this like exactly. big desire and I love feeling into these spirits it makes me so happy but then yeah it's just so it's so interesting to think about how we have to learn that and we don't get taught that similarly Mm -hmm. to this internal mechanism of like how to trust yourself how to find the body within the body that will guide you how to be in relationship with a cosmic spirit that's saying like Mm -hmm. hey Camille Mm -hmm. Let's let's work together. And mm-hmm. because we're going to work together, there's work that you need to do inside of yourself. Exactly. There are initiations that you need to go through. Yeah. And I think that's for me the magic of like being in being a magician who creates things in the world, you will mm-hmm. be initiated by your creations. And mm-hmm. like it is stunning and I see how you're go- and I can feel how you're going through that now. I mean, and- <laughs> yeah, intensely. Intensely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like it, it just contextualizes also so much of what you've shared that you're experiencing and mm-hmm. even the the fear and the anxiety, the uncomfortableness coming up yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I love that you're also finding this resource of asking for help, asking for yeah. support, but like you're being initiated by a big spirit. Exactly. And yeah, exactly. I love hearing that. I think though that like, the Hansel and Gretel tale I don't actually know like how it ends I just know the fact of the breadcrumbs which I really love um Mm -hmm. and that's what I feel like is happening right now though too it's impossible for me to actually ground in anything other than glee and like delight and excitement um as the baseline actually because Every single time I feel like I'm walking into a cave and I have no idea like when I'm going to hit the wall or just like where I am, like not being able to situate myself within this transformation. Um, Mm. And especially as a writer, that's terrifying because my entire like thing is putting words to seemingly inarticulatable experiences. Um, and ineffable experiences so when I myself am going through an ineffable experience it can be (laughs) a bit challenging and that's part of the initiation though because I'm also picking up and finding all the breadcrumbs that I need with a degree of ease um and my friend Taria Adkins who's an incredible painter talks about the idea of black triumphants um And it reminds me of what we were saying about, like, Pamela Coleman-Smith, like, designing the tarot deck. But I learned in that same vein, you know, like, these moments where the external reality, whether it be the political, historical, social conditions of a moment, would deem that the emergence of a particular thing by a particular person is absolutely structurally impossible. And yet it Mm -hmm. happens. So Mm -hmm. I think about Harriet Tubman uttering, my people are free, while slavery is still well and good all Mm -hmm. across the American South and still parts of the North. Structurally speaking, that statement is absolutely not true, like factually untrue. And yet Harriet Tubman willed that, it literally willed that into being. Mm. Um, I think about, like I was watching the Zora Neale Hurston documentary yesterday with my father and this woman arrived in new york convinced the founder of barnard to give her a scholarship and was the only black woman in her class and also was eight years older than all the other students and fully convinced everyone that she was you know the quote-unquote right age to be attending university Mm. and it's mo i love studying moments like that um and excavating moments like that because First of all, 
I just, I love feeling wonder and that inspires an incredible degree of wonder. And again, that sense of mystery in me, but also it reminds me that because, and this is pulling from Alexis Pauline Gum's idea of black feminist breathing, which I think that we have discussed in the past before. Um, but if matter cannot be created or destroyed and past, present, future, all the same entity folded within one another, that means that I actually have access to the exact frequency of Harriet Tubman uttering, you know, my people are free. Mm. I have access to the frequency of that um, ostensible impossibility that's actually an immensity of possibility, especially when at the fingers and at the wands of black queer people, which is also like such a compass for me. But I think that has been, those have been the breadcrumbs too that have been getting me through this initiation. It's like, there are a lot of people who have been initiated before us that have allowed for not only the work that we do to be received with the love that it so needs and deserves, but also there are so many people that have literally shown us exactly how we can do this on a practical level if we are willing to look beyond Mm. the simple fact of the thing, if that makes sense. Um, And so I think research has also been a tremendous resource for me over the past several weeks but especially this past several days. Um, And I'm reading a book right now called Soul Talk, New Spirituality of African-American Women, because Mm -hmm. something I feel especially called to do in this moment is build a language around how my political consciousness, spiritual awareness, and creative um, outputs, but also just like creative life, what the connection between all three of those things are And this book has been tremendously helpful in that regard, too, which has reminded me again that like reading and research are that resource. Um, Mm. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I'm uh, I'm I'm just feeling the presence of all of those ancestors so strongly. Mm -hmm. And I love what you're pointing to, because I really do. I feel the more I do ancestral work, the more that I'm like, oh, it's it's like right it's here. Right <laughs> yeah, it's literally. Right mm-hmm. And that's true with our, our blood ancestors, mm-hmm. and it's also true of our magical ancestors yeah. and our artistic ancestors, mm-hmm. ancestors that are of like spiritual lineage. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, I'm thinking about this incredible book that I have here. Um, I don't know if you've ever come across Ooh, this book. No. So it's called I Dream a World, Portraits of Black Women Who Changed America. And I'm literally Googling and ordering <laughs> that right now. I know. I, I feel like. I Dream a World, what? I need that. Yeah. And it's been such a, it's been so interesting for me lately. I've just felt cold to like, it's been in my bookshelf forever, but I've just been going through these women, some whose names I know, some whose names I've never heard before. And just to feel really deeply inspired by those people who Mm. have committed themselves to magic and change and these powerful declarations, like my people are free, before structurally in the material reality that had been reflected yet. And that's Mm. where I think of Pamela Coleman Smith, because for Mm -hmm. those who don't know, she illustrated the Rider-Waite-Smith, which is like the tarot deck that the symbology that most of us are used to when we talk about the tarot. The Rider-Waite-Smith deck has sold over a hundred million copies worldwide. Mm -hmm. She did this in 1909, and most people don't know about that incredible work that she did. And also, Mm -hmm. she, like, died in debt, was buried in an unmarked grave. Like, had a person. Right? Like, this art, it really is, it's really interesting for me. And to see that, like oh, how I sometimes I'm like, I wonder, Pamela had no idea in her lifetime the impact that she would have. Mm-hmm. Um, and that also resources me when mm-hmm. I find myself really wondering about like how I'm going to make sure that the gifts are received. And it's yeah. like, it will be. And sometimes that's not my responsibility. I wonder what you think about that. Uh, if you ever have concerns about whether your art will have the impact mm-hmm. that you really mm-hmm. desire. Tumi Tum. Yeah. Like, yes, of 
course. <laughs> um, two things. First of all, and this kind of like segues a little bit into Venus retrograde reflections, mm-hmm. but um, I've been thinking a lot about the idea of allowing instead of doing, or maybe rather like a balance between allowing and doing. I am an Aries rising. We got an Aries stellium in here. You know, that Martian energy wants to move and wants to do Mm -hmm. and wants to act. And that is so much of my true nature, but also something we have in common is that good old Pisces moon that, um, yeah, God bless, (laughs) um, that good old Pisces moon that really wants to round things out, I think. And so this goes into another, like, slight tangent which is that part of the initiation I'm going through and part of why confidence and self-regard are so on my mind um and again in that way that permeates from within not in the way where it's like it's on me not in me I want it to be in me not on me if that Mm -hmm. makes sense um Mm -hmm. but part of the reason that has been so so much on my mind is because I fell out of integrity with my gifts um, or almost fell out of integrity with my gifts between I would say the months of like last November into this June because I was constantly chasing down the bullet of a deadline and really not giving myself a moment uh, of reprieve and retreat and that refractory period that I now realize I so deeply need between projects to really integrate it into the kind of like file cabinet of things that I've done and put it in relation to things I've done, things I want to do, like actually allow that to now be um, part of the house that is my body versus like floating in the periphery somewhere. Um, And I think there is a real connection between how deeply agonized I felt during that period of time because I did not trust in the capacity for my work to to allow itself into the proliferation that it wants to seek. I felt like I really had to do it, like I had to quote-unquote put myself out there and was really equating um, a kind of visibility with my own value and the value of my work. And I think that's a trap that so many of us as magicians and as artists are seduced into. Please beware of that trap because its teeth are incredibly sharp. And once you're swirling around in its stomach, it is extremely difficult to like claw your way back out of there, um, at least in my experience. But I'm deeply committed to living my life in a way where I'm walking against the current of the expectation that I will produce, produce, produce. Like, I am not evergreen, and I can love myself and all my deciduousness, and so can, you know, all of us. But I think, like, I wouldn't understand the urgency of of that real real permeating confidence if I hadn't gone through that moment of falling out of integrity with my gifts Mm. and I think as it relates to the question of like you know do I ever doubt or question the value of my work in the world or um whether or not you know I will meet the fate of Zora Neale Hurston who like Alice Walker says like that unmarked grave is the symbolic resting place for black writers in America and I'm Mm. hell-bent on making sure that is no longer the case um which is part of what jupiter is and reminding myself that the goal is not the goal like really is not um any mode of quote-unquote success that i've seen in the world yet like the goal is for my work to reach as far and wide as it as it wants to, so the medicine and the antidotes and the remedies can be proliferated and put into use. Um, but but I don't think that's something I need to quote like I don't I don't think I need to force that or quote do that. I think I can allow that more than I have in the past, 
And that somehow is really heartwarming and brings me a really high degree of solace and tranquility. Even as I'm speaking, like, I can feel my entire nervous system, like, letting out a nice sigh. Mm. Um, Yeah. Because Mm. I think, like, we'll all go through periods. And that's, like, again, the perpetual, like, being in the wave, um, being in the break, being, like, spit out onto the shore and then pulled back in again. I know that there are going to be other moments where I'm doubting myself and I'm doubting the fidelity and the value of my work. But I also trust that, like, as those fears get more intense, my capacity to know exactly what I need to reach for in those moments also magnifies at a directly proportional scale. Um, Mm. And I trust that really deeply. So even amidst the prickly, spiny sometimes extremely, extremely painful elements of this particular initiation that I'm going through now. I don't, at least as of today, like, I don't feel like the question of um, (laughs) the value of my work feels as potent as it did even a week ago, but especially like Mm -hmm. a month ago or two months ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm. Ah, yeah, I love the medicine in allowance. Like, I love you using that word. I can allow it, but I don't have to make it happen. I don't have to enter into that Mars, Aries, Mm -hmm. active mode of doing, Mm -hmm. which I think is, like, so... Mm -hmm. It's the place we can get into with hustle and grind culture of, like, I need to be the one that makes that happen. I can feel that really intensely with my own art sometimes. Like, oh, I need to make sure. And it's, like, Mm -hmm. there's actually... I think this is where being... A deeply powerful magician helps so much <laughs> to create in the world mm-hmm. because it's like oh i can trust in this larger force both the spirit yeah. in your case i'm thinking about the spirit of jupiter but it's also like the whole world is conspiring to have your art in the world whether you see it in this mm, life i really love that or whether mm-hmm. you see it in life and other lifetimes and other bodies where you're meeting the work as if you're meeting it for the first time mm-hmm. and you don't know or you don't yet remember that it was you who created it in that other time. Um, but yep. yeah, that, <laughs> <laughs> I feel you on that like deep sigh and exhale of the nervous system when it's like, oh, are there's a, yeah. uh, I'm trying to think about who this artist is um, who has this quote about keeping the channel open. Um, And essentially, she's just saying, like, Mm. your your job is not to worry about how good the art is, how it compares to other people's art, like what Mm. what will be done with it. Like, all you need to do is keep the Mm -hmm. channel open. And I have I remind myself that all the time, like, I just need to let it flow through and let the world Mm -hmm. do with it what it will. And I love seeing that in you and like the calm that it's bringing you. And that also Mm -hmm. feels like that's some of that confidence that you're cultivating that isn't just like a fake it till you make it confidence, but this actual deep knowing and like Mm -hmm. trusting and resting in that embodiment of I know who I am and I know my Mm -hmm. gifts and I know my art and I know my medicine Mm -hmm. and I trust in it. And I trust in all the spirits that are collaborating with me. And exactly. that is for me what makes the most powerful artists and magicians. I see that mm-hmm. internal mechanism at play mm-hmm. in so mm-hmm. many different stories and so many different people and so many different timelines and so many different ancestors and descendants. There's mm-hmm. this like, I can root in that knowing and I can act on it when I yeah. need to act on it but not force myself into unnecessary action so as to burn myself And to know the difference. Like, really to know the difference. And that's what I, like, that's where I find myself, at least today, is really curious about what that that difference feels like. Mm. I also am a deep adorer of random facts, and but especially, like, random etymology. And I found Mm. out the other day that conspire the root of conspire means to breathe together Mm. so when you're saying like the whole world is conspiring to bring your art into the world like Mm. again to borrow from alexis pauline gums like there's a scale of breath there 
that I don't think I've ever actually like taken a second to imagine the magnitude of that because there's the magnitude of the unseen support but there's also like all the people that don't even necessarily consciously know you exist who actually are conspiring with you um and that brings me a great degree of solace too but i think that's it yeah that is the mechanism that allows people to rebuke whatever their external reality is in favor of like birthing what they feel inside and there's, I also learned that the phrase abracadabra means I create as I speak. Mm. And I think that's like, I mean, case in point, you know, you say the thing and then keep the channel open so you can catch God's voice, pull it through you and boom, you're there, you know? It's yeah. obviously not that simple, but it also is that simple. But it is that simple. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's like all the unconditioning work can feel complicated, but the actual mechanism is that simple. Mm -hmm. uh, I too am a lover of etymology and Come on. They, you know what this means. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> oh, so I feel so bonded in that. And I don't have to, I'm going to begin to like close our container today, mm -hmm. but I wanted to the, like the question that's most alive for me as we begin to close and maybe i want to give you one the opportunity to share anything else that's on your heart anything else that's like this needs to be spoken it needs to be said um but then i'm wondering if we know that we're powerful magicians and mm -hmm. we're able to like reach through time and harvest gifts and give gifts mm -hmm. i wonder what is one gift that you want to like reach back in time mm -hmm back to an ancestor, whether of blood and and blood lineage or spiritual mm. and magical and artistic lineage. What mm -hmm. is one gift you want to reach back and claim for yourself in this moment? Mm -hmm. And what is one gift that you want to reach forward to yourself in another timeline, whether that's like another lifetime or you in 20 years? But one, mm. what is one gift that you want to like generously give um, mm -hmm to future incarnations of yourself. And we can also pause because- <laughs> I love this question. I love this question. All right, so in terms of the gift I wanna reach back for, this is, yeah, Zora Neale Hurston is on my mind, dude, on my mm -hmm. mind so intensely um, and on my heart. And she, Mm. Mm. 
I love you too. And I love that question because one of my favorite practices is giving offerings to my larger self. And when I started, like I've always given offerings to my ancestors and to my, I know, but when I started to think about the idea, both of the large self and then the long self and that my ancestors and my descendants are part of my long self and I'm continually giving offerings to them. And as such, they're giving offerings back to me. <laughs> and like, we're just, this constant loop of generosity and reciprocity and i wanted to bring that in today because we are powerful magicians and even the recording us sitting down to do this beautiful art creation together and to conspire together to breathe together um it is <laughs> in and of itself such a beautiful gift um and i wonder if we can end with a prayer i would really love um to pray i just see a little riverside thing coming up and i'm like blah, 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 we'll deal with it but whatever exactly i would love um to to say a final prayer for you for me for our ancestors for all of the magical ancestors that we've brought into the room uh, and all of the magical descendants that we want to benefit and, and not even benefit but that we want to experience uh this work does that sound okay Okay, yay. I have this um, this impeple that I got from the land that I've bought, uh, where visit me. <laughs> and where so many beautiful artists will come to visit me. Um, but this is, I can show you, people who are watching this as a video podcast will be able to see, but um, it's this beautiful silvery plant. It's so stunning and it grows I know it's so, I just like, it's so shimmery and like some bits of it are like more this color, but some bits are more this color. Um, and are like, especially um, in South Africa, so many people's ancestors, my ancestors included, have burned in pepple for centuries as a way to honor our ancestors. And so I'm just going to burn some of this in pepple and giving this as an offering to Camille's ancestors and Camille's well and wise ancestors and giving this in pepple as an offering to my well and wise ancestors and giving this in pepple to all of our artistic ancestors, all of our creative and magical ancestors, Zora Neale Hurston, Harriet Tubman, Pamela Coleman Smith, Audrey Lord, who's brought us together in such beautiful ways and bell hooks. There are so many ancestors who I could name, um, but giving these offerings to those ancestors named and unnamed and asking that all of this beautiful medicine that Camille is constantly putting into the universe, all of this generosity, all of this art, all of this magic, may it return to her tenfold and support her in her beautiful mission and in Jupiter's beautiful mission tenfold and as 
for every offering that we give, for every offering that Camille gives, for every offering that I give to my larger self, may our larger selves be giving offerings to us tenfold. We know that it is so, we trust that it is so, and so it is. And Camille, I'm just so thankful that we got to spend this time together today. Yes, exactly. <laughs> absolutely. Time, space, and snake, you absolutely can. Um, and such a joy to be able to, yeah, pray for you. I will literally send you uh, recordings of me praying for you. But to close out the podcast episode, <laughs> thank you to all of the listeners for joining us today. Uh, we trust also that as we have cultivated all of this magic and all of these blessings, so too it will be offered to you and to your well and wise ancestors and to all of the guides that walk with you. So we thank you for casting the spell with us and we hope you take good, good care of yourselves. Mwah. It's just stopping and I'm like, okay. Stopping to stop. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Mine also says 90% uploaded, so I think maybe it will just take... Okay, it says... Let's just see. Let's pray that please, 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 please let us keep this recording. <laughs> I know that was so gorgeous. It says I should refresh. So I'm just going to try refresh.